Hi and welcome to another Making Sense of It with me, Emma Kenny. And me, Peter Smith. thought I'd mix it up today by wearing a different striped top. Yeah. Because I've noticed that in a lot of our podcasts I seem to be wearing the same clothes. Yeah, I thought I'd wear the, uh, diff- the same shirt. <laughs> Pete and I are not fashion artists. We like to spend our budgets on other things, which is a... Uh, one of the main reasons why we often wear the same clothes because you don't need too many clothes this is the world where people have too many clothes and as far as i'm concerned a certain select number of t-shirts with jeans and a certain amount of dresses for tv on a rotation that's how it works it does yeah we're actually a day late today aren't we we are it's wednesday <coughs> morning because so. pete's been having an illness a mystery illness yeah mystery illness it's like scooby-doo ending yeah, but not being found out because of the pesky yeah. kids more because of the GP's ordered tests. Yeah, there was no uh, mask getting ripped off at the end of it. Hopefully he's not going to die. And I say that because you never know. But you're having blood tests and urine tests yeah. and they don't think it's his heart, which is what he's worried about because his dad had a major heart attack at 42 and all his dad's family died of them. Yeah, I'm so. not making light of it, by the way. <laughs> not making no, light of this you know, situation. It's trench foot. <sighs> I've said it. <laughs> My mum said it was gout. <laughs> and oh, gout. I don't and even then it was tetanus. That. Gout's like a, isn't that drinking, a drink, a drinking game. Cheese and wine. <laughs> it used to be a rich man's illness, but no, it's not. It's just arthritis. It's a form right. of arthritis. Yeah. Oh, well. That you, you know. feel at your extremities. Yeah. What, what else was it? it tetanus. Was tetanus. Until yeah. we read the, uh... <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, oh, well, he has been working in the garden. It could be tetanus. Yeah. So we looked online and apparently we got to like the third symptom. It said grinning manically. Yeah. Like, I'm more a, likely to have with it. a jaw wobble. Mm. Lock to jaw. me, that sounds uh, sounds quite familiar. Yeah, so grinning and jaw wobbling. You well, know people I mean? taking drugs. People taking ecstasy. Yeah, that, that, I mean, it's <gasps> like people. that was awful in the news this week. I know. I just believe they should legalise every drug. I don't even care. You know you can judge me. I'm on TV. I have these views. I know that I'm meant to be kind of mainstream. At the end of the day, I am an absolute supporter of every single drug being legalised, regulated and taxed in the UK. Let's take it away from the gangs. Let's take it away from all of these people coming in from Eastern Europe who have sex trafficking gangs, who literally put women on the streets. They don't have a life, those women. It's all to do with drugs and money. That's it. Kill it. Yeah, the way I see it is... And by the way, yes, I am profiling there because I can, because it's illegal, absolute. So there you go. That's a fact. Absolutely. Eastern European gangs are bringing women onto the streets. They are ruining their lives. They are murdering them. They are known to be doing this. Those poor bloody women who are being brought over thinking they're getting a better life and are put in that situation that is down to drugs. Why are we allowing it? Oh, because it's women. If it was men... If it was men being treated that way, that would not be happening. It absolutely boils my blood. It's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. Nobody's going to stop anybody taking drugs. No. Putting drugs on the street in shops where it's regulated, yeah. that's not going to encourage people to take drugs. Yeah. People will take drugs. Of course they will. People who may not have tried drugs may think occasionally of trying a drug. But the truth is, you're not going to become an addict unless you have a personality that will seek out addiction nothing you can do can make somebody become a drug addict it's a choice that's based in their dna their psychology their social upbringing and the way that they feel about themselves right that is something they will find because they can go and buy alcohol i know well that's what i was going to say it's you know you're not going to by legalize people listen people can get all the drugs whenever you're out wherever you get yeah. delivered to your house i know it's it's literally so it's not going to stop uh, people the cat's just in front of the camera. The cat just wants to be on camera. Yeah, the cat wants to be on camera. The cat's lying on in front of me in a loving yeah. way. The um, people are going to be, you know, people can, anybody from any background can go out anywhere, 
At any, any time. city or any town, you Let's know, go. and if they want to, if they, if they try the hardest, they'll find drugs. So, well, just go in a club, see yeah, the guy who's you know in the corner I mean? who people keep going up to and just go there. It, all it's going to do is make it so it's it's not as as accessible, a little bit more accessible because it's it's legal, but it's not going to it's not going to kill people. No, and you also know? you take the whole you know unless you have a allergic reaction, which could happen to paracetamol, which could, you know. But you take the whole emphasis yeah. out of it being seen as something seductive, interesting, and a little bit taboo. Yeah. As soon as you remove that, tax it. Use the taxes tax for the benefit. Tax the shit out of it. Yeah. Actually pay into the NHS for proper rehabilitation programs so those who do fall down actually get picked back up in a really effective way. Plough it into employment so people who've had low opportunities and found themselves addicts can go and work. Mm. Take on the Portugal model. Okay, they've decriminalised it. I say go further. I say legalise, regulate, tax take it off the streets and most importantly get those poor women who are being absolutely murdered and raped and having horrible lives because this is seen as an absolute business they get to be made if safe you know what it's gonna it's gonna bring crime again the crime. thing is the bigger question is sorry to interrupt you because no, i'm on a bit it. of a soapbox yeah, the bigger it. question you've got to ask yourself though is why is the government not doing that and you know why the government's not doing that because they're absolutely in bloody bed with all of these systems that keep the poor people down, what drugs do is they offer an outlet to some individuals who struggle to deal and then to get involved in drugs because they emotionally need them to prop up whatever it is, and it keeps them down. Yeah. If you stop that, if you create programs where people who do have problems can get the right help, if you do get employment opportunities for them, which creates aspirations, where they can start earning money, that's not what they want, because then people are going to be looking up at the government and saying, actually, what are you doing? What mm. are you going to do? And taking them to rank and holding them to court. And actually, that's what they don't want. The government has a very clear system. The Tory government has a very clear system in this agenda, and that says the poor are stupid idiots who need to be kept in their place. Yeah, the yeah. rich need to be allowed to do what they want. That's the agenda. That's mm. the agenda. And drugs underpins a lot of that. It's the same with food. I mean, it blows my mind. Don't get me wrong. I know everybody needs to take personal responsibility for their food. I know that. It's your job. But the fact that the food that we sell in the UK now is so high in sugar and fat that it makes the brain ingest that in the same way it does cocaine. Yeah. That is a problem. We have an absolute nation marketed to in a system that makes them feel that firstly having that extra side order or having that extra large meal because that's what they're getting offered for what seems to be a cheap price, yeah. which isn't a cheap price. It just means you're spending more money and adding to your waistline. The government don't do anything about that because they're in bed with the food giants. It's as simple as that. Yeah, and the food giants uh, are that giants mm. in the money world. Yeah, and the irony is, you look at it, what did they actually go to town on? They absolutely went to town on smoking, right? Because the profit they were making from the companies that were actually selling nicotine suddenly was offset with the cost to the NHS. Yeah. So the minute that people were in trouble on the NHS because we can't afford to pay for them, yeah. they absolutely went to town on the tobacco, yeah. right? Yeah. So that demonstrates that when the government wants to do something that's economical for them, they absolutely do it. Yeah. Where's that with food? Where's that with drugs? You know, where are they doing it, which is serving the local communities and the wider communities so that I you don't have that, kids in prison? I think that these kids people... Kids in prison for dealing E. What on earth are you doing that for? How is that serving the community? How does that resolve anything? There's just another kid the next week dealing E. I know. Do I, I just think that? it's... it's uh, the people who are in charge of the country at the moment really aren't in touch with anybody. 
Except for their own class. Well, they are in touch with everybody. They just know what they want. Yeah. Do you think they really know me in the way they speak? They don't look. They don't know where it's like to. They think that people who are lower class are filth. Hmm. That's what they think. They yeah, think they they're filth. Yeah. It's as simple as that. They see them as stupid. You know, everyone goes on about Brexit, and it's a really contentious issue because everyone's like, "Oh no, I don't want to leave Brexit now. I don't want to Brexit, whatever." But when you actually look at the communities that were being asked the questions, looking at Sunderland, for example, all of the industry has just been taken away. You look at Middlesbrough, you know, you look at the places where these individuals are being brought up in poverty yeah. because actually there aren't any jobs unless you want to go and work in a call centre. You know, I believe that things like Middlesbrough and Sunderland are the call centre capitals. You know, that's the only job you can kind of go and get. Yeah. Gone are the historic father-to-son opportunities that used to exist. And that was something that we've seen diminish in the last you know, 40 years, certainly since Maggie got hold of it and privatised everything. And the irony there is that people are angry, but they're making decisions based on anger, not on reality. So when people were asked in those areas, particularly why are you going for Brexit, they were saying because they've had enough of immigration. And when they were asked about what they meant by immigration, they were saying that they didn't want Indian and Pakistani migrants coming in. So that has nothing to do with Europe. But that was the argument. So what fundamentally has happened is people are not even thinking about politics anymore. They're thinking about anger and they're projecting that anger, particularly onto minority groups. And because of that, they look stupid, but they're not stupid. They're despondent, they're helpless, they're angry. Mm -hmm. And what we should be doing is making them feel part of a country that seems to have rejected their whole society. And it's scary that people feel that way because they're feeling that way for the wrong reasons, and that's resulting in decisions that might be catastrophic, might not be catastrophic. To be honest, we're England, aren't we? In the UK, Great Britain's always been great. We just go, oh, whatever, let's get on with it, yeah. and then do it better a lot of the time. But it's interesting as well that you go to those like places where you'd imagine them to be a really, really, really strong Labour hold, and they've, they've lost seats, you know, in places that were always red, because the Tories do a really good job of making people like Corbyn seem like a nutter. Yeah, no. You know, and no. He, he looks like a nutter. Yeah. He does look like a nutter. You look at him and you'll just be like, no, we're just going to open the borders, and we're just going to... And people are like... But we're really upset and worried about that. You know, nobody sees the reality of it. They're just worried about the possibilities and potentials. You know, my parents will say, I remember England when it was different. And what they actually mean is, I remember England when it was white. Yeah. That's yeah. what they're saying. <clears throat> yeah. And the problem is that my argument to them, and they're people who I would say would do anything for anybody, whether you were black, white, yellow, blue, disabled, <laughs> homosexual, none of that matters. As you know, we live in a very liberal family, but they definitely differentiate their England from my England. Yeah, yeah. And what's really interesting is it's had no bearing on that. They've had a great bloody life. So I look at them and I'll be like, you've had a brilliant life. (laughs) All this diversity has not affected you in the slightest. I know, it's funny, isn't it? My mum and dad in the 70s, it's a a similar sort of story as well. Mm. You know, there was literally... It must have changed a lot where you lived. Yeah, it was it was predominantly white um, throughout the seventies and eighties, and you had the the, the sort of um, the stereotypical uh, Asian families that ran shops and stuff, you know. And God, the, the language around around that was terrible. was terrible. Yeah, it was. I won't go into what they used to say, but and it was just common. It didn't. So you brought up around an area where they the say certain things about the shops and stuff, yeah. and it became just like like normal, normal, yeah. 
And it wasn't until you started growing up and then seeing different ethnic minorities in different schools and stuff that you suddenly realised that, you know, you can't, you can't speak about people like that. Yeah, you know? I remember growing up in my little village and I remember a girl being referred to as Black Sam. Yeah. There was Black Sam, Fat Sam, Small Sam. Yeah. So there were three Sams and one was identified by a colour. Yeah, I remember there was, there was that, uh, that was like in our area, there was people yeah. identified by, by, by the colour. <laughs> and she you know. had a really tough time growing up. Not racism-wise that was, I would say, directed. There was no really racist terms used, but just that identification. Mm. So she got into trouble with the police and people would regularly refer to her, even the adults, as, oh, it was Black Sam. And you look back and you just think to yourself, there's been some dramatic changes, mm. like some amazing changes. Like people are still being dragged into the modern day, yeah. but it's incomparable to how it was when we were kids. I know. It's incomparable to how it was. It is. It's just, it's, it's, uh, it's changed for the better. Massively. You know what I mean? It's, and it's, but it's just, it's just the, the era is different eras, isn't it? You know, yeah. it's, 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 you know, evolution of, t of, of time and people. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and yeah. Do you know, I even remember years ago, I used to, obviously, I did a lot of studying and part of that was to kind of look at inherent racism. Right. And I remember realising that I had an inherent racism kind of blueprint, i.e. if a taxi driver was coming, I'd describe him as an Asian taxi driver. If I got yeah. in the car, oh, I had an Asian taxi driver who took me to ABC or this yeah. Indian taxi driver. It was like, it's just a taxi driver, Emma. But what I'm saying is that you don't even notice it. You think you've got a completely PC liberal attitude. But when you actually start to examine it a little bit more, mm. you start seeing that as much as you think you are completely free of it, actually, there are moments where you're just not free of it at all. Yeah. And it's a bit like when I see women who are wearing the full burqa. I like get a real reaction to it because I'm like, particularly if it's a burqa with a veil, because mm. I'm like, I want to see your eyes, you know, and I want to see, and that again, why? Like, why does it impact on me the way somebody else chooses dress? And I have to challenge that in myself. You know, I have to challenge it because I'm a feminist. And so as a feminist, I want women to be free. But that's making assumptions that these women are not choosing that. Yeah, yeah. And it's something that I've really had to work with over the years to kind of get to a point where I'm kind of okay with it. I'm not completely okay with it. And I would be a liar if I was to sit here and go, yeah, I think it's cool walking around in complete black, not having any conversation with me because you've got a blocker. But yeah. that's not why they're doing it. Does that make sense? I project psychological beliefs onto that system. What they're doing is being true to Allah. Their faith usurps my desire to see them. Yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? And that's something that I've really had to challenge. Yeah. I mean, it's worked quite a bit because I've been working quite a lot with um, Lauren Booth. Yeah. Who's obviously a white Muslim who's converted to Islam. And she's probably one of the nicest human beings I've ever met. Yeah. One of the most peace-loving people I've ever met. And that's been really helpful for me. Because again, while she doesn't wear a full veil, she obviously always presents herself fully as a, as a woman covered and yeah. that's something that you know, I, is I, really helpful yeah, for I me. Think, I think it's, it's, it's the same with, with any, you know, autonomous, you know, person or somebody who's got enough agency or if they have agency to want to be able to do whatever, you know, there's people in whatever faiths and whatever religions, yeah. if they don't want to be part of that faith or religion, then they remove themselves from it. I know it's going to be hard for them in some faiths and some religions because they get ostracised. And, yeah. And, you know, yeah, you're losing your whole family. Of, yeah, you know you? what I mean? But, you know, we, I worked with young Muslim women that didn't want to do all that. You know, yeah. but it's the same with with Catholic people or, or Christian people if they don't impart that faith. You know, Jewish men and women, you know, they, they get absolutely 
pushed aside and dumped yeah. to the bottom of the Let's pile. Let's see it, Jews. Yeah. You know, the only so thing is, I don't get the outfits. I'm always going to say this, and it's not trying to be disrespectful, though it probably sounds disrespectful. But the thing is, for me, like, if there is a massive, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God, mm. who's all loving, which is essentially the definition of a perfect God, do you think they would have spent that long caring about the fashion? I know, yeah. It's, it's the same with food. It's like, I don't think that on the scale of importance, food would come into it. Mm. I really don't. I mean, that's social cultures that have developed over time to decide that this is yeah, clean, that, this yeah, isn't clean. Yeah. So I'm always going to be quite pragmatic over what I would consider common sense. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, you just have to accept that that's yeah. it. I would look appalling yeah. to a lot of people. I guess you, I guess within the, these the, the, the certain religions across across the world, there is going to be sections of that religion which think the same as, mm. as that and and practice. Yeah, or, definitely. You know, pract- yeah. I mean, I wonder if there's any like Hasid- C of E, like our, our yeah. Kind I wonder of- if there's any Hasidic Jews that are actually Hasidic. No, Jews you can't. That- but you've got to. So you've got you to, have to. Absolutely, you've got right. to be that way. That's following what happened with the Hasidic Jews. It's really interesting, actually. So when Hitler, <clears throat> a hideous human being that he was. When he basically eradicated, you know, that particular group of individuals in his country, mm. that was when Jews were less orthodox. So they were just Jewish. They were incredibly successful. Let's be honest, we live just down the road from a very, very large Jewish community. And it's a very, very successful Jewish community. You mm-hmm. know, it's as simple as that. It's wealthy, you know. And when you look at the billionaires in the UK, it's so disproportionate the amount of Jewish people who've succeeded because of the work ethic that's instilled in them pretty much from day one in that context. But the Hasidic group were very, very diminished, almost to a point of eradication. Yeah, I do recall that. And they decided to make a vow after the war that they would never let another community enter their world. They would stick to their own rules and regulations. Yeah, Yeah. So... What's happened is the Hasidic Jews have grown faster exponentially. So there is an actual, I was listening to a philosopher not so long ago, and he said, if you want to create the strongest, most powerful and expansive group of people, try to destroy them. If you try to destroy them, it will create power in them. It's almost like the resilience that comes up is like, you will never do that to us again. It's an amazing story. It's not something I understand. I'm Western. I'm a white Western woman. That's all I've ever known. I try my best to see things from different perspectives because as a psychologist, that's the case. Certainly when I was working with particularly Muslim young women, when I ran the mental health side of the college, one of the things I had to learn to do is to identify as a community, not as an individual. I work from the ego. Mm. How are you? What do you feel? And they're thinking about, well, actually, it's not just about me. It's about my parents. It's about my brothers and sisters. It's about my wider community. It's about shame. It's about being a good Muslim. So having to work and learn to see it from their perspective was really, really helpful. And I struggled with it, you know, because it's really hard to go from an ego position of going, well, what do you want? And well, you shouldn't put up with that. Yeah. Or, no, I don't understand why you're not allowed to go to university. Yeah. That was something I had to pull back from because that's almost like going, well, here, see my white Western female position. Yeah. And that's disrespectful. So that is something that I've really had to like work against. I guess it's just, you know, it's a funny one really, isn't it? It's, I guess it's just, because I was, I, was, I was thinking about this uh, the other day and I thought I might, we should talk about it in the podcast, you know, how, I don't know whether it's an age thing, or whether it's just, I don't know, like, you, I think we spoke about it before a little bit, but an enlightenment thing, it's a bit of a wake-up, uh, just the sort of, 
wanting to be a bit more peaceful with things, you know, like, yeah, you know, spending so many years sort of, and, and you know, and, you know, you're bang out of order and this is wrong and that's, you know, and getting angry over things, which, and realising, you know, that it's just, I th- you know, everybody sh- can get on, you know, and even if there is differences, you know, I think it came down to as well. I know I was watching that world, which I think everybody should watch it at some point. Which yeah, is you're Netflix. a massive history geek, aren't but you? Yeah. You wouldn't know looking at him. You no. wouldn't know looking at him that he's a massive history geek. He <laughs> kind of sneaks off to watch things on yeah. TV on his own. Well, the World War Two in colour, it's on Netflix. I'd watch it because it's it just gives you a bit of a an eye opener, really, to it. And it's, it's filtered down. It's 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 just acro- across the top of it. You know, you can go deeper on things with the, with the World War Two stuff. You know. I won't even go into World War or anything like that, but it just makes you realise that the, the the death and the maiming and the killing oh, and the families the lost. sacrifice. You know, and obviously it's to, to, to stop, you know, certain individuals from, you know, spreading hate and killing and, you know, we had to. But the people that died and the people that got lost. And it's just, I don't know, I just, you're just watching it, you come away from it and you just think, God, like, you know, none of it was called for, really. For, you know, like, no. like Hitler, like, blaming someone for something because he's got so angry inside. You know, unhinged. I mean, not of sound mind comes to the to the, to the front, doesn't it? You know, it's like, you know, mm. that is exactly... He was not of sound mind. You know, he was a crazy, crazy person. You know, mm. he was in mental health issues. Oh, know. galore. You know, and it's just... You know, this person managed to... Well, television, the thing yeah. was, he had the opportunity to be seen as a massive yeah. influence because of the fact just, that he it's, you, you, you see parts of it sort of, you know, in oh, modern brutal. day. The way it's happening in some ways is modern days. You know, oh, God, yeah, with people like Trump. Yeah, and it's just, you would just need to get a, get a hold of it and just, you know. But, you know, there is, pe- there is people, you know, in Middle East and different foreign countries wanting to hurt people because, they don't, you know, but these are the people who are not a sound mind either. These mm. are the people with mental oh, health Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's, you know, the need to be, you know. Yeah, definitely. Megalomaniacs. Where's all the goodies gone? <laughs> well, we're all here. I know. All around the world. Nobody, you know, you ask any woman anywhere in the world on the whole what she wants. She wants exactly the same things. She wants to be able to provide for her children, make sure they're always fed, make sure they're healthy, make sure they feel loved. She wants to be able to feel safe in her own home. Mm. Like, there are so many more things that connect us than divide us. But the division is required by the governments because it's all about money. Like... The truth is, if we just all like acknowledged that, let's let them get on with it as long as they're not doing anything hor- horrendous. And that's what annoys me when you see things like Rwanda, where you know the UN went, but like we didn't do anything about that. You know, mass genocide on a huge global scale. Mm. And did we make no? Because actually, at the end of the day, well, there was nothing to be made money-wise. Well, have you seen this? There's uh, I saw it the other day. Actually, I read about it the other day. Well, we're getting very political in, today. Oh, yeah, I just apologise for not being as much fun. <clears throat> in the war, World War Two. I think it was World War Two. The uh, Country's richest people, the UK's richest people, all wrote cheques. Yeah, they did to get rid of the national deficit. get rid of the national debt, to to wipe out the national debt. That's right, they did. And quite a few of them haven't been cashed. They've cashed them all, but the money hasn't been touched. Well, it's half, it's like, it's it's like... 604 million? Yeah, it's half a billion. Yeah. But the point is that we owe four trillion. So the argument is that there's no point cashing it at this moment in time. It's already cashed, it's in a bank. It's been cashed. What, it's in the bank. Yeah, but what they're saying, the people who are objecting to it are the people whose families it came from because they're saying it can't impact on the national debt. They're saying unless it can grow to a position where actually it has influence, it will just be soaked up by it. Yeah. So there is an argument as to why. I'm not saying that they should be not used, but the point is that I think you can understand that that perspective exists. 
But yeah, that's how people were in the UK. People were patriotic. Mm. Well, maybe they should. Uh... It's the same when you get loads of people saying that we have to apologise for our history. Like, I know that colonialism was hideous. It was terrible. Like, India was one of the most progressive societies. Like, it had universities before we did. Mm. It was the heart of mathematics and philosophy, you know, a massive area of that. People don't remember India that way. People remember India after colonialism, where we go in, ruin the country, prevent people from progressing, diminish their wealth to a point where they take on the only thing that the UK has really, really served to teach people, which is keep the rich rich, keep the poor poor. That's the only thing that's remained, which is why they're in such a state. And yet, it was an amazing place prior to us getting there. We all know that, right? And we're sorry for that. But now we're not in that situation. Mm. We can't then go back and apologize for Churchill because Churchill was a racist. There's no doubt about it. But so were a lot of people back in that day. Is that right? No. But does that deny the impact that he had? No, it doesn't deny it. You know, at the end of the day, we're not under German rule because of the fact that he existed and all the yeah. other parties that were there. The same with things like, you know, you see statues being t- t- you know, told to be taken down because they are, have people who had histories that were pro-slavery. I'm not pro-slavery. Mm. None of us are in the UK now. <clears throat> what I'm saying is that they still had impact, right? It was a time that liberals didn't exist. Mm. You know, I am a woman. I don't need to be apologised to by men because you used to own me when I got married. I don't need that because I'm not owned anymore. Yeah. You know, progress occurred. I don't want to blame people who of an era didn't have the knowledge and abilities to understand. What matters now, like you say, is creating progress. The problem with the past is when you ruminate on the past, albeit it was dreadful, you almost get lost in that. And then when progress begins, you kind of go, well, that's progress, but I want it to be more progressive because this needs to change. And you're like, you can't change it. Like, it's the most helpless and powerless position to be is to try to change the past. Acknowledge it was terrible. You know, but there again, when my grandma and granddad were children, they were in poverty. You know, they were in abject poverty. I don't need to be apologized about that. I just need to not do it again. Yeah. You know, we need to solve it. Yeah, which we do and learn from the lessons. And Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I think we should just, you know, these, these, you know, statues that want to be taken down and stuff, you know, it's, it's, you know, these people were there, their, their time, you know, and it's, mm. it's just... It's, it was where society thought yeah, that was right. It's history. It's, it's history. history. Okay, you know, and it's, it's... It's history. Yeah, you've got to move forward. You've yeah. got to, you know, and that's what we're doing. But if you ruminate, like you say, and you're bringing it to light again, you see, by putting it in the news, we want to get that statue taken down. You're making people remember, you know, and then that'll make people angry and then that'll mm. make people want, you know, it's... Yeah, you see, what happens is the right wing just go, oh, we'll put everything on that. Yeah. You know, that's, you're trying to... So ABC. what they're doing really is is, 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 is putting a spotlight on something which needs to fizzle out, yeah. needs to disappear, but... You know the history's there, but leave it as history. I mean, know? I but think bringing it's, it back, it, like, let's bring that history back yeah. and put it there. And I let's mean, make I know you know it. we talk by all the time. We have white privilege, yeah. even in the UK now. We are white, and we are now in a position financially where we're not struggling like we used to, right? So at the end of the day, I know I'm lucky, yeah. and I know that it's harder. It is harder. One of my best friends is Asian, and she took years trying to get a job. She had to change her second name on applications because. Yeah. As soon as like the ISIS stuff started, she just couldn't get an interview. So that's disgusting, right? That's disgusting. And she absolutely doesn't feel the privilege that I have as a female 
of who's white. And people might not like talking about that, but it's true. And you have yeah. to you have to acknowledge it. You have to work hard to acknowledge it because it's so easy to say, oh, I'm not. Like, what are you talking about? I'm just like, you know, I don't have any privilege. You, you do. You just yeah. do. See, you people, just don't, do. people don't see that sort of side of things, really. People try to, when they see, like, sort of um, uh, the Asian community working with each other, yeah, of course. And they have like yeah. the builders and they have, yeah. you know what I mean? Because at least they can trust their own community. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. See, what they want, what, what the white privileged people who don't, you know, put it down to this. Oh, they're always, these people are always doing it within their own communities. You know what I mean? Have they ever thought that that's the only yeah, way that safety. some of these individuals and, and, and families can survive yeah. by, by helping each other out? We had a guy, we had a guy around the other know. day, didn't we, for something. Yeah. And he was sitting at the table and all of a sudden from nowhere, he was talking about the fact that he lived in a certain place mm. and he'd noticed across the road that there were an Asian couple looking around at a house. So he went outside with his Staffordshire Bull Terrier and walked past to make sure that they could see him and they didn't buy the house. His yeah. assumption was, yeah. we're white, therefore we wouldn't want Asians living next door to us. I know. How crippling and insane is that? And you kind of sit there for a minute and you go, my God, I, I might have white skin, but... That doesn't hoard this desire to live in a white community. It's bizarre. I mean, we're lucky. We live in a really mixed community. I mean, that is one of the great things about where we live. Yes. It's just fundamentally got everything. We've got a massive Jewish community. We've got a massive, massive Asian community. We've got a big Chinese community. We live in quite yeah. a, a lovely place. The North place. West, especially Manchester, uh, Greater yeah. Manchester is... And Thai to mates. Yeah. Thai... Taiwan, yeah. Um, Not Taiwan. Taiwan's a guy. I used to know. He's, yeah, uh, he's an African Tepo. guy. Tepo. That's Tepo one, Nubu. Yeah. Like he's the no, African yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he's got um, is Dan and Will. And that's their group. They just have a really nice eclectic group. And yeah. then Evan, well, let's be honest, all of Evan's, Evan's friends are Muslim Pakistani. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. every single one of them. <laughs> so it's like it's lovely because mm. see, they see the millennials and the centennials. They're, they're going so up different. different. It, is, it is such a different. It's outlook, wonderful, you know. And we, and they teach us, even though we think that you know we know and we're liberal and we're free with our ideas, like. Watching that, it's changed everything for me. You know, I, I just, I remember saying to you, like, I just feel like the future's safe. I look at our boys, like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to use the word colorblind in an offensive way, because I think that if you're colorblind, you don't take into context the fact that you're lucky if you are white to some degree in the UK, because some people are really prejudiced. Mm. So if you're white, then you get more privileged to some degree. In certain places, it shouldn't happen, but it yeah. does. You've got to be aware of that and make sure that you do all you can to make it a level playing field in life. But when I look at the boys, they just genuinely... It's, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't exist within no. them to see that people Any can be different of it. Yeah, it's, this is the, you see, the, this is the future, you see. And that's so good. This is the future. And it makes no. me feel really like, ah, oh, everything's going to be fine. Yeah. Like, you can't have new kind of whole environments and communities just seamlessly and harmoniously connecting. You just can't do that, right? That's always going to create friction because it's difference. Yeah. It's just difference. Like, think about us on an instinctual basis. You see something that doesn't look the same as you, you know, because maybe the colour of skin or maybe the clothing. There's an instinct, you know, like from when we were predators of each other, you know, where we had to fight our neighbours and things like that, that almost hardwired you're like oh that's different and yeah. you have to kind of do some work to acknowledge and accept it but that's happening now and i think like in 30 years time the uk is going to be a pretty insanely brilliant place to be apart from the weather because people just are i don't know they say apart from the weather at the moment i know it's a little bit over don't be lulled into false sense of security oh it's been gorgeous yeah what did we do yesterday 
We were, yeah, yesterday. You're not going to believe this is like, this is, we, we went all Victorian. We went all Victorian. Uh, we went all Victorian. Speaking uh, of uh, we, we all got on our penny farthings. Uh, <laughs> mine being the best, of course. <laughs> Yours being the largest. Absolutely, because I'm the... Yeah, You're the man. Yeah, I'm the man, so I have the, I have the tallest. I have one of those top hats which touches the roof. Yes, and we Whereas all rode. We, we were all on a, the three-wheeler. The three-wheeler. Uh, the three-wheeler. Mm. Three Whatever they... They're what they tandems. call tandems. Yeah. But it two was more. Wheelers. It was two more than a tandem. Oh, we had, so we had like a. We had, we we had, had an extra long there tandem. Another, there was another three of. I was, there's four of us. Yeah, so. could, yeah still two wheels. Um. <laughs> oh, it wouldn't be two wheels. It couldn't be. If it was that long that it had four seats on, it would mass. bend in the middle. Not if you had like a really strong. No, frame. you'd have to have one in the middle. How would you turn? Well, I mean, they don't exist because that. If they don't exist because of that, I'm sure they. I'm sure they, they exist. You get like ones with three on them and stuff. I don't know. I'm sure, you can. We'll have to look it up. You definitely yeah. get ones with two. Yeah, it's yeah, tandem. Tandem. Yeah. Uh, well, you get a, a, what's, a, what's the third in a tandem? Tan, tran, tridum, tridum. No, that's not. And a quadrum. Quadrum. Yeah. Quintum. <laughs> Check out next week when Pete and Emma go into business with their ever-increasing <laughs> yeah. wheels Leading on, on from politics, we got on our penny farthings and we rode over to the Derbyshire... Um, we did. Had a Derwent, Derwent. Yeah, we went through Derwent. Derwent Vale, is it? Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Over, Snake Pass. Yeah, over Snake Pass in the northwest and... Snake Pass, the road that's closed more often than yeah. it's open. Yeah, it's like one of those over the top of the moors roads exactly where that, you get yeah. murdered but lovely i mean beautiful <laughs> all the way there yeah. all the way there the kids are like oh my god yeah would you go in there for a million pounds into that forest if there was a murderer if there were murderers in there no <laughs> and none of you will accept such a challenge if that's ever yeah. on the cut on the table well we got there we went to an open air proper open air swimming pool we did yeah we did check it out if you've never been there had the sage swimming pool had the sage yeah yeah it was beautiful insane. place it was but we realised when we got there that unlike in Manchester where it was really sunny we were so high up that it was really cloudy yeah. and it was pretty cold yeah <laughs> on a nice day it'd be absolutely it was, you know what it was It was nice it was different we had an hour in yeah. there didn't we we had an hour in there it was 28 degrees this pool you know what I mean so it's, yeah. it is it sounds a lot warmer than it is let me tell you yeah. 28 degrees you think oh that's like being on holiday isn't it no, no just 28 not. degrees above freezing that's yeah. what it meant yeah <laughs> It wasn't a hot sauna. It was just yeah, really quite cold. 28 degrees centigrade Fahrenheit Celsius. <laughs> we had a great Celsius. time there, didn't we? Yeah, what's a deep... What's a deep yeah. Fahrenheit Celsius. Yeah, 28 degrees Fahrenheit Celsius centigrade. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, well Fahrenheit is the more the bigger one. So if it's like 28 <laughs> degrees Celsius, it's then it's 70, 28, 56, 86 degrees Fahrenheit. Celsius centigrade. <laughs> centigrade. What's centigrade? <laughs> You just I know, it's getting into it. We've had this conversation before. What we? is centigrade? Celsius, I don't know. No, Celsius and Harite. Yeah. What's centigrade? You just made a word up. I'm does sure it exist? Centigrade. If it doesn't, it should. Yeah, it <laughs> does. It does, yeah. Does it? Yeah, it's 24 Fahrenheit Celsius. Oh, you know what? I'm actually talking myself into a coronary. I don't really know. Anyway, it's we went It swimming. sounds yeah. like it should <laughs> exist and we'll <laughs> go with that. Yeah, just say them all. 28 degrees Celsius Fahrenheit centigrade. Centigrade. <laughs> centigrade. I don't know. <laughs> It's a good word. It though. sounds like a drink. Yeah. One of those, you like, ever woke really... up in the morning and you, <laughs> and you felt a bit bloaty? Have some centigrade. It's going back to the Chinese sort of adverts now. Yeah, Japanese <laughs> that, adverts. That is it. <laughs> <laughs> centigrade. <laughs> 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 oh, on this Spanish radio. 
Parece que me recuerdo que estaba haciendo un juego de centigrade. Centigrade. Por eso, 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 centigrade. Ting, tong, tong. You know, that's, that's the Spanish radio. I always get it when you're in Spain, you know, the beat when you're in Spain. What the fuck? What the same? Yeah. What the fuck? 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 Centigrade. <laughs> we went out yesterday though afterwards and we had food and it was amazing. Oh yeah, I know what this was thing it is, I know, I know, right? Like the plowman's in, pod, the flying pig. Go, as podcasts go, ours is just bizarre, right? Yeah. But you know, this is genuinely something that was a highlight for us this week. Not only did we go open air swimming, which automatically made us feel healthy. Yeah. And when you feel healthy, you automatically need to go and order food because you're so healthy that you need to sustain that health by yeah. just eating a large meal. So we went straight away, didn't we, to this pub. The plough, what was it, it called? Yeah, the something. The, I don't know. The butcher's block or something. Just making words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. flying pig. Don't, don't follow that, uh, that suggestion because you will be going to somewhere we don't know. Yeah. We don't it's in Hathersage anyway. It's two seconds it was, away. Yeah, yeah. in Hathersage and it's the uh, really nice one. It was really good. So we look, vegetarian food's always a bit dodgy, isn't it? Like you go to a pub and like inevitably you'll end up having side orders. Yeah. And you might get cheese pie, which I'm partial to, but nevertheless, we don't usually get a good choice. Oh my God, we went to this place and they had, and I know it sounds ridiculous, but when you're Northern, you like sausages and mash. You just do. Yeah. And I've never had sausages and mash that were meat, um, but I like veggie sausages and I love mash. Anyway, we went there, didn't we? And mm. they had veggie sausages and they gave you three. Let me tell you, that is, that is a good number. Three sausages on a bed of mash with smashed peas yeah. and like this gravy that was thick and delicious like with like fried an onions onion on sort of oh, chutney gravy or something, gorgeous. wasn't it? it was, yeah. Absolutely gorgeous. But yeah, for a vegetarian, yeah, to get yeah. a good vegetarian. Demolished it. I yeah. gave you one of my sausages, so you had four and I had two. Yeah, but it's definitely That's a good the right number. To, uh, it was dead cheap. I just can't remember the name of it. The anyway, it's really good. The something. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. It was a really nice. But what was great again, we went out. The flying. Something oh, it's shut up! No, it doesn't matter, does it? Oh, there was something to do with Scots because of the fact that the pictures on the wall were all about the Scots who'd come here. Was it? Yeah. So it was something Scots. Scott. It's got Scott in it. If you want to look and how they say, it's got Scott in the title. Right, the flying Scotsman, the Scotsman's plough. <laughs> that could be it. But anyway, let's not ruminate on this because mm. nobody's interested. No. But what was great was we remembered that feeling of holidays, didn't we, yesterday, and also yeah. like taking the boys away from just being teenagers. Yeah, getting them off like digital and yeah, you know, digital detox style. It's so important to do that as a yeah. family, isn't it? It sort of it gives you a bit of that nostalgic feeling it does. of like, you know, if anybody's out there and and uh, in fact, you know what? To be honest, you don't have to be. It can be in any country. You know, if you live in Australia or America or whatever, and you uh, you'll know that feeling of if you go out for a day out with your family when you're a kid, uh, where you get up and the sun's shining wherever you are, but you're packing the car with like a with your foil and your sandwiches and your coffee and a thing. And, I mean, for us, it was, we would go to like Whitby in the northeast of England. Yeah, you used to kind of really England holiday. I mean, we did, we went to the Lake District because my mum and dad didn't yeah. have cash and my uncle Derek had a but place I was, there. I was more in the northeast, so it was yeah. like, we'd go to like a place called Walton Lido, which is like a river with rapids in, or Richmond River, or Whitby, or Scarborough, you know, Bridlington, and we'd go down the coast and we'd do like sort of days there and, and, and you, it, it's just the smell, like th that, those smells that you can always remember, the nostalgic smells, you know, and even to this day, if you smell it, like, I'm going to do it. In fact, I'm going to do it <laughs> and go out just so I can open the coffee in a car and get some sandwiches. A slightly plastic tasting yeah, coffee. Yeah, 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 you know, but 
I remember That's... my sandwiches on the beach with my grandma because we did used to go to the Isle of Man because my dad had a call in the Isle of Man. Yeah. So when he used to sell textiles, one of the places that he went that he covered was the Isle of Man. So in the summer, inevitably, that meant that he'd get expenses to go over. And because he had a car, as long as the car was filled, it was the same price. So my, my gran... Me, my brother, my sister, all in the back of a four Cortina, and my mum and dad. Massive roof rack on, obviously, with all of our stuff. Mm. And we'd go over. My grandma would always bake cakes as well. But we'd go over there and we'd spend like a week to two weeks in the Isle of Man. And I can still remember, my granddad had passed away by that point. So, unfortunately, he did used to come. But my most memories are with my grandma. And she'd always do our sandwiches and we'd get on the beach and you'd always end up eating sand. You'd yeah, always end yeah. up just, there was a crunch between, but you yeah. had to put up with it, yeah. but it was just part and parcel of being like an 80s kid. I'd open up the foil and stuff and it'd be there. Yeah. And it'd be in and be like, oh dear. You know? know, but yeah, I totally remember that sort of vibe. But yeah, it's just, um, that's that's what it did to us when we went out the other day. You know, you sort of, you get that. You went to Flamingo Land. Yeah, in the northeast, yeah. Have you, England, yeah, the, the Flamingo Land. Your was, parents went to exciting places. Well, I didn't go abroad till I was 18. So no, we, 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 we'd either go, we, when we were small kids, it was St. Ives. And then we, and that was sort of every every couple of years, we'd go there for like a week or two weeks, you know, with the family. But we'd all go down together and stuff. We'd all get in, the, in, a, in a minibus and we'd all travel down together. But How many went with you? Oh, my gosh. So it was like, you had quite two, a three, big four, family, didn't yeah, you? So four, five, six. Seven, eight, nine, ten, like eleven. And obviously foster kids as well. Then uh, that Sometimes. was later on. Okay. It was later on. Yeah, the foster kids. Um, so what we'd, we'd do is that must have been so exciting. Well, yeah. I mean, it was. I'd just sit in the back and play with my Star Wars, you know, on the way down. But we'd, I remember, yeah, we'd all get. I mean, the, so I've got the photos and stuff. We've got a Tembi was brilliant because it was like I say, it was like the old English getting there, the I've old never Welsh been. English. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful place, but the been. beaches there. On the beach, it was it was when it was like just, summer. Yeah, you know, yeah. boiling hot, and, this, <laughs> and because the sea was clear, it was clear as well. Yeah, you know, you'd get in the sea, you'd be swimming, it'd be clear. It, it was like it was literally that warm. It was because I never knew abroad; I'd never been there, so it was literally that warm that you'd you'd think you were abroad. Isn't you know? it weird though that it's changed? I don't care what people say; like it has definitely changed. Like when we were kids in the summer, you used to get that kind of misty hot summer, and you'd always know when you were coming to the end of your term, particularly at primary school, because you'd be allowed to go out and like lessons would be outside. You might go on do the, French the... rounders and things like that, yeah, yeah. and you would smell a certain smell, and it was kind of a mix between fresh cut grass and the scent of the flowers and the air was kind of almost misty and like beautifully yeah. hot and sunny and it just doesn't happen anymore like airplanes above yeah always a random dog <laughs> running across the uh yeah 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 it's, it was definitely the uh yeah the light airplane thing they're always they're always out obviously and i realize now that it's because it's clear skies so they're out and they can see you know i know but it was amazing yeah that smell i can smell it it's a nostalgic thing again you can smell They'd have the, the door open or the windows open in the classroom as well. Oh, yeah. It was that hot, you know. Um, God, yeah, God. I mean, it's starting to get all nostalgic now, you know. This, mm. this, the, the, again, we've talked about the smells before that can make you feel like that. Things had so much meaning when I was young compared, I think, to children today. And that's not to say that children today have any disadvantage to what I experienced. It's just different. But because we didn't have a lot, like mum and dad could never afford to buy me toys. I might get a toy at Christmas with like a secondhand bike or something. Christmases they made magical every single year, my parents. Like it yeah. really didn't matter. Yeah. It just was pure magic every single year. Apart from the year when I asked for an electric guitar and my mum told me the night before Christmas morning that electric guitars had sold out everywhere. So they couldn't get me one. And what they'd actually done is gone and bought an orchestral guitar 
that I obviously never played because it's very different to an orchestral guitar. guitar yeah, it was played in an orchestra. This particular guitar was a guy's. It was just an acoustic guitar, not even acoustic. It was a classical guitar. I know, right? That's not what you want when you're ten. So that was just like a massive disappointment. But apart from that, they always came through with Christmas. It was amazing. I'm not saying I've been damaged by the fact that I never got to be an electric guitarist, but I do blame them fully. It is basically my parents' fault that I'm not part of a rock group that's made millions because that would have happened. That was what I thought when I was 10. So that's their fault. Completely on them. It's on them. On you, parents. You are are a good singer, though. Massively on you, parents. Could have been a completely big game changer, that. Anyway, that never got used. But Christmas was like one of those things as well. And so in the years that I was a child... When crazies happened at school, like I, I couldn't afford to be involved, right? Yeah. So like the like, yo-yo craze. Yeah, cheekaboos. Cheekaboos mm. was like little furry things. Like, oh, the, or yeah, Barbies and things like that. So I never had any of those things. And it's cool. It doesn't matter. But I definitely coveted them. I used to like look and really want. Yeah. So like if I got something on occasion, it was a big deal. Like if my grandma bought me a present, like a doll or something, it's like a massive deal. I didn't even like dolls, but it was a massive deal that I got them. Kids today, I think, get a lot more because we watch our kids and we're like, we're trying to get them excited about something and it's just available the whole time. Yeah, yeah. That's an issue. Yeah. I mean, my mom was Star Wars. (laughs) So I was just like Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars from the age of whatever I can remember, really. So everything I got was Star Wars, really. You know, it was was literally, I remember when I was younger, younger, (laughs) it was just normal, normal toys, you know cars and very you know what I mean and um but and go, like toy guns and stuff but when I got up a little bit this little bit when Star Wars came out just after that my whole family had just like asked me what I'd got and what I hadn't got you know and it, it'd just be that really so it was just sort of yeah I mean I'd, I used to sit in, in front of Star Wars toys because I didn't have loads I got loads in the end you know yeah. after, you know like but uh, I, I collected them myself as well when I was older you know <laughs> but it was just just for the fact I could um but yeah, I'd stand in front of, and go to toy shops and stand in front of them. And just, yeah. And, and when I look back now, they would, they would think about the price of them. They're so cheap. <laughs> you know, like 75 pence for a figure. You know, you'd be like... 75p was a big and deal. It was, it was a big deal then, you know. So, But I'd stand in front of them and just stand and just look and just just wish and, you know, go, wow, you know. And, I remember and, when you could get three jelly teddy bears for half pence. Yeah. So like... If you had 10 two, pence. Two for a penny as well, two for a penny shoes. Yeah, stuff. but like the three teddy bears for half a pea. So six little teddy bears for one pence Mental. times 10 is 60. You mm. could get 60 little jelly sweets for 10 pence. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. It's like insane. That was 1983 that the half penny went out. Like a 10 pence mix up. It was big. It wasn't just 10 things for a no, penny. No, it was a <clears> proper deal. Anything that was a penny. I mean, we used to get those massive chews. The big things that, you know, they were two pence. And that was like the, that was a finale. You know, you know like, get one they big were, thing. Like the refresher ones yeah, and yeah, things like that. Yeah, you get the big one and you put that in there. Yeah. You know, then you'd have like, yeah. That was pièce de résistance. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean. Rainbow was, crystals and licorice. Yeah, flying saucers, two for a penny and yeah. stuff like that. You know, it was, and then the blackjacks. My mum worked in a sweet shop. And then I worked in a sweet shop later on. Yeah. But when my mum worked flumps. in a sweet shop, it was great. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't have flumps with gelatine. Oh, yeah. I didn't, sure. have, didn't have marshmallows. I wasn't vegetarian then, was I? So. No, but I used to have like rainbow crystals. I went around to my sister's not so long ago, and I kid you not, I walked in, and there was a full-on tub like that no of way. rainbow crystals, and then next to it, a big box of red lollies. And I was like, 
you were joking me. She was like, no, the worst thing is I've had half of them. <laughs> she said, I got it for the kids, but I'm halfway through it already. Well, she can she afford it. Like she's the, tiny. But did she get the lollies and dip them in? Or? Yeah, yeah, 30 quid. It cost her for both of them. She just loves it. She was just like, she, she always did. My sister always loved rainbow crystals. Yeah. Because again, we didn't have the money. Yeah. It's like, it's almost impossible for me to imagine what that was like. Because whilst we aren't big spenders by any stretch of the imagination, we don't really have to think about what we have. Because one, we don't have expensive taste. Yeah. And secondly, right now, touch wood and thank the universe, we're okay. Yeah. Certainly by no means wealthy. But, okay and that means that when i go and spend money on food or maybe go out for a meal occasionally i'm not thinking oh my god you know but when i was younger i remember so many times where i just couldn't have most of the time i just couldn't have it yeah it wasn't like because my parents were not fair they yeah. didn't have the didn't money, have the money and then when i started yeah. working and i ended up like with four or five jobs at a time I could buy stuff, but again, it was limited, you know, because back in the day, you know, you'd work for a day, you'd earn eight quid. Yeah. That would be your like wage and you couldn't buy a pair of shoes. And I can remember having to save up and get things and having that reaction that, you know, what you bought had meaning, you know, it had real meaning. Yeah. I mean, I saved up when I was a kid for my first pair of Doc Martens. Oh my God. And I can still remember the way it felt to just have them in the box and just know they were mine and it would never diminish. Like yeah. I used to put those on. I mean, I had worn them for about 10 years, but there was just that feeling of meaning. Mm. My kids don't know that feeling. And it's almost like they've had so much more, but it's taken something really important away. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, growing up there, just made me thinking now, as you were saying that, you know, it's, like standing and want, you'd want something and you'd want it that oh, bad. so badly. You know, but you'd never get it. Yeah. You know, as your parents couldn't afford it, yeah. you know. And yeah, working class, man. Yeah. You know, it's like when you're working class and you're growing up, it is. Yeah. You know, I know there's a lot of people out there that are we're a lot worse off, you know, but my parents and your parents did everything they possibly could mm. to, but to make ends meet. But it's different. You know? It's different now because what happened, and you can actually see this, you can actually see what happened. So as the economy became tighter, so people had less, the resurgence of cheap bargain places began to really go mental. So mm. suddenly Matalan existed, Primark existed, little Aldi, right? So people don't have to have less. It's mm. ironic. What we've done is we've created a whole surface value of people being able to go into shops and have lots for cheap. Yeah. So when we were younger, that didn't exist. I know, you know, you went to QuickSave instead of Marks and Spencers, but Asda and QuickSave at the time, Tesco really didn't exist that much, but Asda and QuickSave, you, you go to, that was the bargain you could get, but it was still relatively expensive. Mm. I can remember my mum would once a month buy cream cakes. That was once a month she would buy from Asda two shoe buns from my dad and her, and then they'd share them with us, right? Two shoe buns. Yeah. That was a big deal. And when I was a very young kid, and I often say this to people, I could literally have this painted. It would be the exact thing. It's so powerful in my mind. My mum, every fortnight, would walk up to our local deli and she'd have saved her housekeeping and she would go and she would buy a chocolate cake, right? And it was like a fondant covered, like a glaze of icing and it had a cherry and a walnut and then little sprinkles around the side. It was only small and that would be divided. And me and my sister, when she came home, we would stand and we would stare at that cake for two hours. 
<laughs> before our meal was put, we would stand and we would stare at it. And you know what? I made myself like cherries because nobody in the family liked cherries, right? And I thought, I'm going to like cherries so I can have that cherry. And I love glass A cherries. <laughs> I can eat a whole thing of them because that connects to that memory. And I can remember, we would just sit, my sister and me, it was like the most amazing, amazing. And we, all, we always laugh because, because you didn't have, obviously, the money and options that we have now. When we went to my grandma Bolton, my grandma Bolton, she crops up quite a lot in this vlog, but my grandma Bolton was a great homely cook. It was plain cooking, but it was tasty cooking, right? And she would make the best, best sponges, right? Heavy, thick sponges, like syrup sponge, jam sponge. My sister to this day can still not eat syrup sponge cake because it makes her angry, <laughs> right? She can't, and why? Because she always knew you wouldn't get a big portion because there was everyone to share it with her. She loved it so much oh, that she just started getting angry. <laughs> so she says, literally now, she'll just start eating the syrup. She starts getting really yeah. angry. This is mine. Yeah, because yeah. we just couldn't, you just couldn't have it. It's funny how like these things make, uh, evoke different yeah. feelings, isn't it? You know, there's nostalgic feelings and uh, yeah. well, it's happiness, even, anger, you know. It's even like parenting today. Like our kids have different meals all the time. Mm. We have different meals. You know, we all eat Italian, you know, we'll all sit down to the same dinner for Italian. We enjoy that a few times a week, right? The rest of the time it'll be like cheese pie and stuff for you and Tide. Evan will have like salad and wraps because he's like seriously a vegan. Yeah. And then um, we kind of do that without a second thought. When we were kids, you got what you got. And I can remember before I went vegetarian at nine years old, I used to dread coming home on a Wednesday because my mum would always do a bloody meat pie on a Wednesday. And it stunk and I hated it. Yeah. I hated it. And but I had to have some of it. I had to because that's what you did. Yeah. These days you just kind of allow your kids to dictate to some degree what they have. Yeah, yeah. It's so weird. It is, isn't it? Gosh, I'm just... Uh got all these nostalgic feelings now. I'm uh, sat here, you know, it's like, I don't know if the sunshine started it, you know, uh, which would be hard for anybody that lives in a fully sunny climate, which, <laughs> which is what I want to do, you know, which is what we want to do, isn't it? We'd One day. To, uh, yeah. One day, just uh, after the Euro Millions win. Yeah, which is coming this this Friday, apparently. Absolutely. Uh, I, would you, I don't care, as long as it's over like 10 million, yeah, I'm fine. I had an email from it <laughs> said, we're going to, you're going to let you win. I won £6.90 last week. Did you? Yeah, £6.90. I just wish they wouldn't get in touch with me. It really annoys me that they do that. I Don't know. email me. Only email me if I've won over a million. Yeah. At that point, email me oh, all I you got, want. I want a lucky dip. It's even worse. Is it? <laughs> You've won a lucky dip. Thanks. Just do it. It's not lucky, is it? Yeah, it's just a dip. It's only lucky yeah. if I win. Yeah, it's just another go. Yeah. You've won another go for free. It's just like, oh God, it's like I'm in a fairground, bloody, you know... Old-fashioned Victorian fairground. <laughs> you haven't won a goldfish, Pete. What have you won? You've won another goal that you're not going to win on. You used to get gonks. Gonks? Remember, gonks. <laughs> you used to win a gonk. You know what? I, a gonk? I used, yeah. to call, I, I used to think people that were just sort of like, gonks. No, you know? gonks. They were like like a tube thing, like could be a toilet roll or something like that, with hair. Oh, right, yeah. And like fell, and just rubbish. Yeah, gonk, right, I don't want yeah. a gonk. Yeah. That's I want a goldfish. Is that they called? Gonks? Gonks. Brilliant. I always wonder what they were called. Yeah, they were called One of those really bad put together yeah. teddies at fall. Terrible. Bits. Yeah. Just absolutely rubbish. Oh my God, gonks. What I know. A, what a great word. I know, back in the day. Yeah. Do you know, it's funny, isn't it, looking back on things? Because we've been looking back at pictures of me and I was in Guyana <laughs> about nine years ago, eight years ago, doing a pilot for an American network. And 
I was basically in the jungle working with couples and it was a really extreme environment and I was looking through all the pictures and videos that I've not seen for a long time and you were looking through them, weren't you? Yeah, and um, it's been one of those weeks where I've looked back and kind of seen how I've changed. And about a week ago, we were also looking back at some videos I'd done. Yeah. And I was a proper little porker for a bit. <laughs> a I was a proper little porker. It's funny how the, the, the different different time, different years, you look at yourself, you know. My head was massive. Yeah. And a massive head. I didn't think you had a massive head. Well, I did, and it's on film. <laughs> so, you know, if you get my head now compared to that head there, it's massive. It's like I don't put weight on normally. I don't put weight on in places that normal people put it on, like on your backside. But for some reason, you just had a massive Put it head. on my head. Just like, oh, Emma's got a massive head. <laughs> What's going on with her head? And then I looked at that stuff in Guyana and I'm like really skinny and really toned because I was doing like kettlebells and everything. I'm getting back into my fitness now. I had an injury, so I couldn't do it for a while, but I'm getting back in. But it's those moments where you're like, oh my God, you know, you can just let it go, can't you? Yeah, well, we're refusing to age anyway, so <coughs> we're, yeah. um, we're going to be those 65-year-olds that are like... Just like who think they're 40. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're like, cool. Yeah, we're, but everybody else yeah. will be like, when are they going to so have age? Yeah, <laughs> so watch this space, you know, <laughs> Q running off and formaldehyding myself. <laughs> Hey, you look like you've been formaldehyde, Pete. <gasps> I'm going to start buying those bands. You know, those bands that, like, you could wear, like, really yeah. tight so that you just, like... You're, like just order. pull your hair Yeah, that's back. right, really tight. I'm going to grow my hair so I can just pull it back and have a full man bun, but it's just good reason, is it, so I can, like, pull my face back like that. I know. Honestly, seriously, gravity <laughs> can get stuffed. I'm not, going to, I'm not going down the jowl route. No. My mum's gorgeous, but bloody hell, she's got jowls. Well... You know, surgery it will be happening. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my. Yeah, if any plastic surgeons face. are watching this in any place or listening to this in any place, we will definitely allow yeah. you to operate on yeah. our heads. As long as I'll give you a photo of my face when I was 30, you can put that face <laughs> on this face. You know what I mean? You can grow that face. There must be a way of growing faces. I feel dead sorry for myself that my nose got really badly broken. The NHS really fluffed it up doing endoscopic sinus surgery, collapsed my bridge, yeah. So they had to give me a rhinoplasty and they did it wrong. Mm -hmm. So then I had to have a revision rhinoplasty. They did it worse, bridge collapsed again. So then I paid because I thought I'm not doing it again with the NHS even though they've admitted responsibility and stuff. Paid, he's done it wrong and even admitted that he's made a bad job of it. And I'm like, I can't believe this. So if there's this. any amazing rhinoplasty yeah. surgeons out there... Who, it's world, not the vanity. I'd just like my original yeah. nose, please. Who are world-renowned. Yeah. Emma will pay, and she wants it doing. Well, I mean, I'd like a discount if I'm going to do it on my podcast. Free. Yeah, no, I'm not. I don't want it free. It's yeah. ridiculous that people in the public eye get things for free. You know that I feel you that way. You always pay your way. I do pay my way. You do pay And your when way. people give me things for free, right, which is very rare, but nonetheless, I go to town on it. I know you do. I'm like, wow, that's amazing that you've given it me free. And I'm going to tell everyone I've got it for free. Yeah. Because that's incredible. I don't know why you've done it, so now I'm going to make it so that I've actually given you stuff for free, which makes us equal. Yeah. Well, we've talked about nostalgia, politics, bit of white privilege thrown in there. Yeah. And we've ended up on the most important subject of all, which is my nose. And hopefully one that day. That is the most important subject. <laughs> so not the most important subject that we're talking about. From my today. eyes, is from my eyes. <gasps> yeah, because I've got a dodgy nose now. <laughs> it's on wrong. It's been put on wrong, and it's got a massive bump in the middle. It's and because it's no, it's one because nose back. It's because I love you, and that's why. I used to have a little pinched nose, and then they operated to try and fix my bloody bridge because of their idiotic mistakes. And now I've got a dodgy nose, but never mind. If I take it straight on, it's hideous. Honestly, I'm not vain. It sounds vain, but I just want my original. When people go in and they want an Angelina nose. I go in with my original nose and go, can I have my nose back? It's actually the original can nose. nose? She's kept it. You know what I mean? There's my original nose. Can you put it back on, please? <laughs> and on. on that bombshell. <laughs> Thanks for joining another Making Sense of It.
We'll see you next week. Hopefully, Peter will have got his results from his medical tests. Yeah. It won't be too serious. Or it might be a different tone next week, should we find out it really is. And all I've been doing is laughing at him. <laughs> Stay happy, everyone. Take care.